Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today, we're going back in time. Some of you will remember our guest from episode 59, the most organized man in America, Dr. Alex Lackey. Well, today, we bring you part two of that interview with time management gems such as how to stay on track, avoid time wasters, and the difference between busyness and productivity. Let's listen in. This is the second part in our series of the Confessions of the Most Organized Man in America, an interview with Dr. Alex Lackey. Alex was a very organized man, very, very effective, and very, very efficient. The principles he's going to share with you in this conference call have had a profound impact on my business and life. You'll have heard some of these principles before, as I've shared some of them at events. But listen to the depth. Listen to how he approaches life. Listen to how easy he sounds about his life. He was a very busy guy. He had a lot on his plate, but he never seemed to be rushed. This guy got an awful lot done. He lived a great life, and he was extraordinarily impactful in his work and his personal life. Take copious notes. Immerse yourself in this content. It'll do you a power of good. So let's go all the way back to April of 1998 and an interview with Dr. Alex Lackey. Top of the morning to everybody. I have with me on the call my good friend, Dr. Alex Lackey. The top of the morning to you, Alex. The rest of the day to you, Brian. <laughs> You're getting good at that. Yeah, it's practice. That's great. One of the reasons I have Alex on the call with me today, not only is he one of my mentors with regards to time management and organization, but he really has used these principles in his own life. There's a great old phrase that says, those who can do and those who can't teach. And uh, there's a certain element of that that's true. There's also a certain element of it that's not true, because in order to really teach, you really have to have been able to do and continually do. Just so you guys will know, again, Alex has lived on this earth a period of time in which many other people have probably been around as long as Alex, and yet not done nearly as much or achieved as much. To give you an absolute overview of Alex's accomplishments and the things he's been able to achieve in his life using these mechanisms. For example, he has two PhDs with finishing up a third right now. He has received the Congressional Medal for Education. He has written 10 books. He's performed at Carnegie Hall. And uh, he's in the who's who of America and, and recognized by many as the most organized man in America. Real estate being a business that is in need of organization and real estate agents, myself included, in dire need of organization. That's why Alex is with me this morning. So, Alex, I'm really delighted to have you here today. The topics we're going to cover today, if you have a pen and pencil, I'd encourage you, we're going to cover five main points. The first one is to stay on task. Stay on task is the first one. And we're going to particularly talk about avoiding time wasters, activities, and people. So the first one, stay on task. The second, busyness versus productivity. Busyness versus productivity. And boy, I think we all know what that means. We can all be very, very busy, but oftentimes we're not being as productive as we're capable of being. The third point is focus on the check. Focus on the check. Now, that's usually pretty easy for a realtor because we know how to focus on the commission check. But we have these four principles, plan, do, check, and act. Plan, do, check, and act. What we're going to do is we're going to focus on the check part of plan, do, check, and act. Point number four is we're going to keep words to a meaningful minimum. The old keep it simple, stupid principle. Words to a meaningful minimum. I might have to be quiet during that particular section uh, so that I can learn as much as I can. And number five, the last point we're going to cover today will be to stay on the cutting edge. Stay on the cutting edge. Alex... Can we get the ball rolling here today? Can you help us get on track? And point number one, can you help us stay on track and avoid time wasters? What's that all about? 
it's a marvelous thing to realize where you're headed and, and why you're doing it to uh, put off procrastination, of course, and, and get with it and then stay with it when you get there. I mentioned to you I've been going to write a book on procrastination, but I've been putting it off. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, one of these times. So, well, there are a couple things to, to do in staying on task. Continually ask yourself, what is the best use of my time right now? What's the best use of my time right now? That's right. And ask yourself that over and over because that's going to keep you on task. And why do something that's not the best use of your time? Right. What is the best use of my time right now? What you're saying is throughout the course of the day, that should be just like a conscious thought, and you're constantly checking yourself with regards to that? That's right. Otherwise, you're going to be doing C projects and B projects and easy stuff. Your mind's going to wander. You're going to take off on rabbit trails. We're going to talk about those a little more later. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to constantly be doing what you can accomplish, the best things at that moment right now. Okay. The next thing is to do it now. Do it now. Whenever possible, do like it the now. Like the Nike symbol. That's right. They say, you know, just do it. Just do it. That's right. But, but do it now. But do it now because here, let me talk about the unresolved problem mm. or the thing that you procrastinate on put off. Problems fester the longer it takes. We talked about that a little bit last time. Mm-hmm. They get messier and more complex as you wait around to solve them and become harder to solve. So if you really want to do something with good time management, do it now, get it over with, and get Did it. you say that would be a great little sticky on a wall or, or a little sign or something on a computer or put a little sign that reminds us everywhere we go that says just, you know, do it now? It would be great. Do it now. Another one would be, what's the best use of my time right now? Right. You know, those two things can make it a whole different Fantastic. day. We have uh, very, very successful people inside our coaching program, Sam and Edith Elsie from Bear, Delaware. And Sam has a little principle which says, fire, ready, aim. Yeah, that, I love that. I love that. Fire, ready, aim is right. Then another one, if you're ready for another thing to consider here, is mm-hmm. to make decisions immediately when possible. Because if you can do that, then they're done and they're in process and you have already done it now and you've used your time the best way. So to make decisions the first time around when possible immediately. Incidentally, watch out that you don't try to make decisions that you don't know anything about because then you have to backtrack, eat crow, and redo the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to know as much as you can, but when you can and when it's possible to make the decision immediately. That's great. So that includes one of my favorite sayings. I said maybe, and that's final. <laughs> <laughs> so, great. Can you say that again give me the time to write it? <laughs> yeah, I said maybe, and that's final. I said maybe, and that's fine. That's my oh, decision. That's great. <laughs> so if you can't come up with anything else, come up with maybe. <laughs> right. The maybe itself is a decision. <laughs> that's right. You know, you can put things in a category when you need to. But right. I'll tell you, the people that you work with also, mm-hmm. your clients and, and so on, if you can really give them something tangible mm-hmm. and do it now and, and make a move and act, and then it's productive then you're going to uh, you know, put yourself in the category where you want to be. You're their professional. Can you give us some insight now on staying on task? Because here's the thing. First of all, the battle rages within. 20% of our active thinking is in our conscious mind and 80% in our subconscious mind. So 
we need these little reminders. Do it now. What's the best use of my time right now? Make immediate decisions, maybe in that final. That's great for us so that we can actually work with our own conscious and subconscious mind together so we can actually keep ourselves on task. Because obviously the number one thing that keeps us off task is ourselves. But there are also time wasters that certainly can help in that. Could you address for us this morning how to avoid some of those time wasters? Some of those time wasters, right. Well, what we're moving into there is individuals that take all your time and appointments, you know, too many appointments, too many forms, too many conferences and that kind of thing. One of the things that we want to talk about there are the people that come into your life. And what is that you say? You told me something really great the other well, night. Why is the people with nothing to do want to do it with you? Yeah, why is the people with nothing to do want to do it with you? Right. So we're going to talk about a little bit about that in, in the communication area. Sure. But as far as with the time wasters, people are all the time trying to, I think, get organized. They spend all the time getting organized instead of doing it. Mm. And so we have too many tools. And we have too many, you know, sidetracked rabbit trails and all that kind of thing. What you need to do is decide where you're going and stick to it. The other thing, Brent, that we're kind of piggybacking on the handle papers only once, the don't touch me unless you mean it. Right. That's a huge time waster. If right. you pick it up and you don't do anything with it and then come back to it, that's a tremendous way to waste time by redoing and shuffling papers and, and all well, that. One thing that was great for me is a long time ago you taught me to sort through my mail at home, and particularly my mail at work, standing over the trash can. That's right. The round file is your best file. Just so you'll know, Alex, in our coaching program, what we have found is that one of the single greatest time wasters and one of the greatest challenges, not only for the... Uh, challenge for your attitude, a challenge for keeping a positive attitude, right. a challenge for your time, and a challenge for your organization is in the real estate world, an awful lot of realtors spend an awful lot of their time talking with other realtors at the coffee machine, in the lunchroom, up and down the halls, and that is where I've seen it more rampant in my own career. I had an open-door policy, but there were also times that I shut the door. I had an open-door policy any time of day. When that door was open, you could come in, ask me a question, or tell me something, or if you wanted to borrow something or wanted to give something, fine. When the door was open, no problem. But there was a time also that I shut the door, and when people knew the door was shut, because I had explained to them, when the door shut, I'm not open, you know? Yes. <laughs> when, when the door shut, go about your business, and if you have something to tell me, we'll hook up later on. This is but, great because what you're doing is tying in this busyness and productivity with staying on the task, they gel right together. Why don't we jump right into our next major point then? If, you know, they do gel together. Why yeah. don't you outline a little bit busyness versus productivity and what that exactly means to you? Well, one of the things is exactly what you said. One way to avoid that, those time wasters, you can spot the people right away that don't have anything to do and wish they did. And they think that they're going to get something by osmosis from you, I think. Mm -hmm. And so if they're in a different office or if they're at a different desk, and somebody wants to try an idea or some information to bounce it off of you, mm -hmm. just say, yeah, I'll be right over. Come over to their desk. Because I have a couple things for meeting people that are time wasters. Do it just before lunch or quitting time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do it before lunch or before the end of the day. That's right. And do it standing when possible. Oh, that's a great one. And develop an effective body language that lets them know that you're there and you are totally theirs and you want to be warm. You don't want to be always in a hurry. Mm -hmm. But really what you're doing is controlling the situation that way. If you meet at their desk or in their office instead of letting them come settle in at your office. So, for example, say somebody buzzes me in the office and they go, Hey, uh, can I come down and talk to you about this? I say, you know what? 
let me come on over there. Absolutely. And I walk over there and I stand while they're talking to me. That's right. And that way, because when the conversations reach the point that we've concluded what we've needed to conclude, I can leave. And you can leave having to try to kick somebody out of my own office. That's right. And you can leave graciously and just thank them for their time and just be really happy they spent that time with you. And really what you're doing is you're finished and you're getting out of there. That's brilliant. You're going on to the next thing. That's brilliant. Another thing people do is have too many tools. I had a secretary one time. I inherited her. And I may have mentioned this to you, Brian, one time before. But when I went in, it always looked like instead of, hi, how are you, boy, we're glad you're here, it was like, here's this big sweat box, and don't you feel sorry for me? That kind of a look. <laughs> She'd look out from behind her pile of papers. and So she became my executive secretary for some reason, for a short time, of course. But I said, well, okay, now show me your system. And she said, well, everything I finish, I file. I said, that's great. Now, where do you file it? And she said, in the done file. In the done file. <laughs> and that really scared me. I thought maybe I'd taken the wrong assignment, but I realized that she had taken the wrong assignment. So we helped her with that. But what tools was she using to create the chaos? She would have some kind of a form to organize herself and some of her information, and then she would have a form about that form. Ah, uh, checklist upon checklist. That's right. You know, that's so unnecessary, and the more cluttered we get, the less we do anyway. I really think that's true. What I'm hearing you say, Alex, is rather than just get organized... Yep. Get going, and while you're going, become organized. Good point. Your feet are on the path, man. You're running down the trail, and you uh, respond as you go. Because but things are going to change anyway. What happens is there are people, I worked with people who are the most organized, structured, prepared people I'd ever seen in my life, and they never sold a house. Never sold Hardly a house. ever sold a house. You know why? One of the things, they were so busy being organized. Right, and then I've met other people who, and I've certainly leaned on this category for a number of years, would be I was so busy doing and just flailing away because I wanted to be selling houses and I wanted to be making the commissions that I didn't take as sufficient time as I could at times to get organized. And because of that, I ended up doing two and three times of work. I mean, I was very busy, but I wasn't as productive as I could be. Yeah, it's a good thing to have that balance. Well, you know, Brian, it kind of reminds me of Parkinson's first law, mm. that work contracts or expand to fit the time allowed for it. Work contracts or expands to fit the time allowed for it. Mm. So in other words, priorities clarify and efficiency increases dramatically when you start doing your own thing in according to, like a secretary, she said, how long do I have? We say two hours. That's how long it's going to take, mm -hmm. two hours. But if you say 45 minutes, it would take 45 minutes. The, uh, the time that they allow for a, a particular job or a project will contract or diminish according to the time allowed for it. And I think that's also part of the subconscious mind. We tell the subconscious mind, okay, I've got an hour for this. And the subconscious mind says, fine, you got an hour. Yeah, that's and right. So that's what we take. It is true. Or a month to pay a bill or to do whatever else you do. Yes. Sell a house or... or well, isn't it interesting? Tax time is April 15th. Yeah. And that 40 to 60% of the people file a taxes or their extensions on April 15th. That's how much time we have. It's scary because in Orange County, people will warn you over the news on the traffic to avoid anything near a post office. <laughs> and you think, hey, it was open the 14th and the 12th and the 10th. So, right. Well, it's, it's just important to realize that every achievement in life depends on how you use your time. It's going to make or break you with those habits. And, uh, uh, well, uh, if I were listening to this, Colin, as I am, because the great thing about what I get to do for a living, Alex, is I get paid for learning. And uh, I'm plan. learning here this morning so much. This is a really a tremendous thing. Would you just say that last statement again there? Every achievement in life depends on how you use your time. 
That is brilliant. We have so many people who are really, really striving for achievement in our coaching program, and they really are desirous to be successful. And, you know, in the seminars and so on, I mean, they're great people, too, and they, and they want to be successful. And also, you know, that same time management that gives you that achievement also gives you freedom. And that's what people don't realize. Managing time actually gives you freedom. Right. Because then you've got a hold of it. Instead of it controlling you, you're controlling it. You know, that's the thing is that everybody wants freedom. But in order to have freedom, total freedom, I believe you have to have complete structures. Right. If you have those oh, structures, absolutely. then you have total freedom inside the structure. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. I want to tell you a quick little story. Because I want to tell you this important point here that you might want to jot down. It's not how much time you spend, but it's how you spend your time. Mm. You've got to realize that. The example of that is I had an administrator in one of the schools where I was the superintendent, and he told me right off the bat he was a workaholic. In fact, he had moved close to the campus so that he could be there any time, mm-hmm. all hours of the day and night. And he would come early, and he would stay late, and he got nothing done all the time. Mm. And That's so, why he was a workaholic. Yeah, he was a workaholic. And so one day I had to go to him, and I just said, you know, it doesn't matter that you spend 14 hours. Where's the product? You know, I mean, I, of course, did this tactfully. <laughs> like, here's your pink slip. <laughs> it's a matter of the fact that who cares if you spend 14 hours and half of it's wasted, like organizing or trying to get a hold of somebody else's ideas and, like mm. you said, killing their time and your time waster and all of that. It doesn't make any difference at all how much time you spend. It's what you can put into it. And I'm sure a lot of people listening could accomplish in one hour what some people could accomplish in seven hours just because they stayed on task, they prioritized, they planned their time, those things. So I just wanted to mention that. And uh, this workaholic syndrome is overcoming some kind of a guilt complex, I guess, because that really doesn't cut it. Right. And real estate runs at a frenetic pace, Alex. It is to some degree a responsive business and then to some degree a reaction business. And so it is very easy to feel out of control. And we can be out of control when the market's bad and even more out of control when the market's good. Yeah. And so it's very easy to get this busyness versus productivity. And everybody's walking around going, oh, the market's mad, the market's mad, the market's mad. And we become crazy. Right. In fact, uh, this is the time to go to work. This is the time to to really bear down and to do what we're talking about now, which is really a a huge point, I think, on the plan, do, check, and act. Right. Focus on the check. Can you talk to us about the importance of checking? The evaluation of what you're doing, like you said, you can go crazy and you can go around in circles and never really get there. I think a really important thing in your planning is to set your goals and know where you're headed. And while you do that, to plan details, the steps, the deadlines, and plan that calendar in reverse, those things we were talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the greatest way to plan where you're headed. First of all, you have to know where you're headed. Right. Brian, just a little aside, it would deal with uh, real estate, it would deal with any part of life, actually. I'm I'm teaching a graduate course in art at a university because I like to just do, you know, a variety of things, which you Mm -hmm. know. But one of the things, I had them do a major project in a drawing. Now let's just say you're drawing your plan that's coming up here for whatever your activity is. And one thing, it was just so hodgepodge, they had no clue where to go. And so what we started was, they set the goal, they knew what they were after, So then they started planning the details. Once you plan the details after setting the goals, then you need specific steps, proactive steps to accomplish those. Mm. If you're accomplishing those little mini goals by planning your deadlines in reverse, you know, like starting at the end and working backwards, 
that you and I have talked about so much, sure. by the time you get off a little bit on your schedule for one little mini goal or like a week's goal or a three-day goal or whatever, uh, that's not hard to catch up. But if you leave it toward the end, then then you're in bad shape. Okay, so that's the planning. And then put the rubber to the road, you know, and fulfill your plan. And here's why I was saying the Nike deal, just do it. Right, so we have plan and then just do it. And just do and it. And we get to this next one, which is the check. The check. But and there's a little parenthesis in between there. One of the things that I think all of us need that a lot of us don't do is to actually put in your time schedule to provide time for creative thinking and planning. Okay. If you don't stand back, get back a ways and look at it. See, that's mm. part of the evaluation. Right. Otherwise, you're a, a cookie cutter like everybody else, but you can be an individual and really get out there. Those are the people you remember. You don't remember Einstein because he slept eight hours a day and got up and, you know, packed his lunch. Right. He had a bed in his own office. And, and that kind of, I mean, just a different kind of person. You can be creative at this. But you still take the principles, Brian, they're brilliant, the things that you are telling and sharing with the world in the real estate market there and in, in life principles. They're, they're great. So anyway, you need that time. Now, to, for the check, after you've set your goals and, and put your activities down, you have to say once in a while, say, uh, in fact, regularly, did that work? You know, mm -hmm. This is what I decided to do. Now, I'm aimed for that big goal. Did that work? You know, And I think it's important. I'll give you a little aside here. Let's say a mountain climber is a hiker is aimed for uh, the top of Mount Rainier, and he's going up the path, and he keeps looking down all the time. He's not evaluating. He doesn't see the main goal out in front of him because he keeps getting thistles in his uh, socks, let's say. Right. And he keeps looking down and picking out the thistles, picking out the thistles, and next thing you know, he's going around and around the mountain three or four times. He doesn't know where he's headed. So you have to look at the goal and then decide what you're going to do, take a specific step, and then check like you said, check up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Did that achieve it? If it didn't, you better revise something quickly. Don't just, just stand back. You know, the little book that you have, Brian, is uh, Who Moved the Cheese? Well, hey, if the cheese moves, you have to continue evaluating and keep checking. Right. You've you got to know where, in other words, where the product is and how to get to it. Right. And if one thing doesn't work, then you're going to try another, but you're going to constantly keep evaluating. Just so That's the folks will know on the call, uh, one of my mentors is a gentleman by the name of Spencer Johnson, who uh, co-wrote the One Minute Manager, the One Minute Salesperson, the One Minute Father. He is uh, one of my mentors. He lives out in Hawaii, and he's just written a book called Who Moved My Cheese? We're dealing with change in your life and change in your business. So that's what Alex was talking about there, just so, so everybody will know. Yeah, good. I appreciate you letting me know that because I read that, you know, in a, and actually everybody just in a few minutes, you know, right there sitting there at the conference, and it was uh, it can actually change your life. It can go in with some of this other stuff to totally, you know, get you right on track. So we're checking, which means evaluating. And some people could be like I am. You know, I can see the, the great, wonderful stuff out there. But if you're not careful, you're not putting steps in your path for the feet to get you there. Right. The evaluation process is when we think of the word evaluation and checking our plan, we think of it as very left-brain activity. What you're saying is both and. And not only is it left-brain activity as far as what the steps and what the how-tos are, right. it's also time for creative thinking and planning it. And you know what I've met? I have met so many people at a seminar who have come up to me and said, Brian, I'm just not creative. Yeah. And you know, every time somebody has ever said that to me, they are spectacularly creative. Sure. And then when I've sat down and asked them, well, well, let me ask you, rather than ask me right now what this is, what would you do? And I, and I start asking them those questions, and out flows 
this stream of creativity that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, you know, Brian, people do have that within them to come up with those answers. In an empowerment seminar that I did for the Department of Interior, I talked to the people about some of these companies that have totally rejuvenated themselves because they did have the creativity. They just wouldn't take the time to let it out, like... Uh, well, uh, Iacocca, for example, his company that totally reversed itself, or Harley Davidson. Yes. If there was a leak in something, yeah, I'm not mechanical, but all I know is that for a long time they didn't know and they were about to go under. The company was, and they turned it over to the employees, and the employees who weren't creative, supposedly, said, oh, here's the problem. We've known it for 15 years. Nobody listened to us, you know? <laughs> and then they became the icon for motorcycles and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So I would just say this, and in, in the checking and in evaluating, too, Wash the stars out of your eyes. You know, keep looking up there at that peak. Look at where you're going, but also get realistic. You know, stand back at a distance, take a distance shot, and see how it's really going, and evaluate those steps one at a time each time. Just continue to evaluate. Did this work or did it not? And then go from there. Revise it if you need to. And you know, a real important thing, Brian, on this checking is uh, to get input from others. Okay. Like uh, you have said this, and uh, I've appreciated it so much always, your spouse, for example, and your peers, and your clients, if you listen to those, you'll just be like Harley Davidson. You'll be a success story. Right. That's fantastic. we got two points to cover left. Okay. Words to a meaningful minimum. Would you briefly explain that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said you should be quiet, I think I should too, because uh, you like to be spontaneous, but communication there is nothing more important than uh, effective communication. And that's why when we say kiss it, you know, keep it simple, stupid, I don't necessarily emphasize the stupid part, but right. there are so many kinds of communication. When I think of the field of real estate and I think of the field of education or any other kind of leadership, you realize that communication is the key. I don't care what your product is. If you can't get it across, you've lost. Mm -hmm. And any other area doesn't matter as long as you can or cannot communicate it. So. I decided there were there are three basic ways that you would communicate, and one is in person. The eye to eye, I call it an eye for an eye. I have had people come up to me and try to sell themselves to me, or right. try to get me to buy into something that they want, and they have the shifty eyes kind of a right. deal. Talking about words to a minimum, but I'm also talking about what you're going to package those words in. Mm. I had a guy one time, Brian, that we were on this huge. PR deal, and uh, there were thousands of people, and there were also huge executives like, you know, the president of Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola and Nike and all of these. And so I was in charge of the entire programming for this, and one of the major guys came up to me, and he was talking with me, and I kept seeing his eyes switch back and forth, and I think, I don't think he's understanding anything I'm saying. He is not a good listener, and that's one of the points I want to make. Mm -hmm. In person, eye-to-eye, -eye, attentive, and be a good listener. That's almost as important, well, maybe even more important than what you're going to try to get across to them verbally. Right. We were talking, and all of a sudden, I was in the middle of a sentence, and he took off across the room, and I realized that this one other big executive that he was going to try to get funding from had come in, and he wasn't listening at all. And frankly, there were a lot of loopholes because of the fact that he would not do that. So in person, make sure you have good eye contact, that you're attentive, and that you're a good listener. On the phone... Speaking of keeping your words to a minimum, how you couch them, again, is very important. Your inflection. Mm -hmm. And be brief and to the point. People don't want to listen to you pontificate, you know what I mean, <laughs> all over the place. They want to get to the facts. They want to get to the point. But they still want them in a personal way. It's so important that they know you're interested in them, that you have their best interest at heart, and that kind of thing. 
like we were at dinner, Brian, at the seminar. Two people had pizza. One of them said to the other one, what kind of pizza is that? And what he really meant was, what kind of pizza is that? Mm. See the difference? Oh, and wow. the, the one guy was practically insulted because he thought, man, this must really look gross to him. And really what or he was I trying to do choice. was order the same thing. Yeah, he thinks I made a bad choice. That's right. He was just curious. Right. So the other form of communication there is going to be fax and email and, and, of course, written. And it's really important, I think, to, one, be personal. Don't be just cold, hard facts. But right. at the same time, to not verbalize all over the place and keep people, you know, guessing as to where you're Be headed. personal and be brief. That's right. If you, can do, if you can do that, Brian, you've got it. Right. You know how I say that in the bottom line? Say what you mean and mean what you say. Beautiful. That's great. Well, it's in order, because you're speaking to the great pontificator himself here, yeah. uh, I won't elaborate on anything you said there, because I think <laughs> okay. you've but been Brad, very when... personal and very brief, and it's great stuff. And I think everyone listening to this call just got that. Well, Let's it's... cover our last point, Alex. Stay on the cutting edge. Why is that important for organization? Why is that important for time management? Why is that so important? Well, we're back to moving the cheese. You know, if the whole situation in your market changes and you don't change, then you're lost. And you have to be ready to change, and that's why you have to be up to date. I think that's really important, but not only on the professional, but in personal growth. So to be realistic in your expectations of yourself and of others, that's important in staying on the cutting edge. I've got just a couple points here that I want to share on a way to do this, to stay on the cutting edge. Don't expect to sing in Carnegie Hall if you can't carry a tune. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, can, you can appreciate it that others do. And, hey, you can drive the car, you know, right. or something. Because you're the best driver in the world, you know. In other words, be realistic in your expectation. Do what you're designed to do. Yeah, that's right. And then, two, know your strengths and your weaknesses. And, and like I said, develop those. Where you are strong, develop it. Where you are weak, then you get help. In management, I have a, a real definite thing about delegating or you're weak in that area, be like Henry Ford. He said he doesn't know everything, but he knows who does. Mm-hmm. So that's your strength and confidence. Such a and huge thing in our coaching program, and many of our coaches find that many of our clients are perfectionist in nature. It's interesting that we think that nobody else can do it as well as we can, when in fact almost everybody can do it as well as we can. There's only a few people who can do certain things. We can do a few small things better than almost anybody. And there's everything else. You know, it's the old story, jack of all trades and master of none. We don't delegate the things that are so crucial. And when we delegate those things, we empower people. People then facilitate those activities. They get done better than we could do them ourselves. And then we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and all of a sudden we're achieving at an extraordinarily high level. Absolutely, and your time management is at a peak. Mm. And all of this deals with the use of your time because, remember, time is life. You're trading what you're doing for your life. You know, so so staying on the cutting edge, what would be some practical things that we could take from that? It would be important to, after you determine and explore your, what your strengths are and go from there, to watch for and catch tendencies that are not on track and nip them in the bud. Just take inventory and keep a watch for tendencies that are not on track according to what the market is doing at this time or what is working for you in your office and so on like that, and nip them in the bud and go on from there. That's back to the evaluating part. Okay. Isn't it beautiful how it all ties together? Yes, it like is. Like that. And like I said, stay creative. Speaking of staying on the cutting edge, don't let the cookie-cutter mold get you. Mm-hmm. 
How would you go about that, Alex? I mean, how do you stay on the cutting edge? How do you stay creative? What are the things you do? Is it seminars? Is it books? Is it tapes? Is it music? What do, what do you do? Yeah, I think all of the above. I think it's great to do that and to have some time to yourself to just let it happen. It's very hard to find time. To, you just say, listen, I'm just going to sit here now for a while and do something I want to. Right. Do something creative. But in your Take some time for contemplation. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out here to read about how to approach people, how to approach your market, you know, marketing and communication and all of this. So be creative in your approach, in your solutions, and in your service. Mm-hmm. If you can do those three areas, you're in a whole different ballpark than most. Brilliant. Another point, then, on staying on the cutting edge, yeah. it might sound like it's directly related to your profession or might not, but it is. Get in shape. Your diet and your exercise, vital. Staying on the cutting edge physically. That's right. Physically, and which, that also does it mentally. So, because if you're sluggish, people say, I don't have time to do that kind of thing. Well, let me just tell you, you don't have time not to. Right. Okay, otherwise you're going to be kind of in a, a mediocre run-of-the-mill mental Here's state. The power for me, Alex, is that all of these things integrate together. Yeah, that's what, what I can... find is that when I work out, exercise, take a walk, take some time for contemplation, all this stuff comes together, that the words to present to somebody come to me and they're more meaningful they're both personal and brief as opposed to when I'm just running and it takes me 30 minutes to present something that could take a minute yeah that's uh, great or for example uh, you talk about your creative and your thinking and your planning time most of the great creative thoughts I've ever had of when I was doing activities other than okay I'm sitting down to be creative it was I was doing other things that gave me a chance and I think working out to me is a byproduct it really is for so long, I was hung up on working out because I need to get healthy. I need to get in shape. I need to lose weight. And what I'm finding now is being healthy and, right. and working out are byproducts. And so, okay, let me go to the gym to get some, some knots out of my rope. Let me go to the gym to just get my thoughts together. And so you go to the gym or you go for a walk or you do whatever, and all of a sudden the creative stuff starts to flow. The, the, the brilliance starts to – and it becomes integrated. And it's, instead of all these disconnected thoughts, they all start to come together. And a beautiful way, to, Brian, to integrate that, like you were saying, everything ties together. So let's say you're going to go work out for a little while. Well, just before you did, you started something before you finished. You started on something you're going to work on. Yeah. And you didn't go out there to work. You would just go out there to work out. But it is subconsciously working for you, 80% versus 20%, right? Brilliant. I'll just tell you a way that has happened to me is several of the major inspirational, devotional kind of things that I've written, motivational too, mm-hmm. were written on the freeway on the way in the commute. <laughs> because you know, I'm out there and I'm thinking, hey, I can either watch all these cars and, and want to cuss them around because they're getting in my way and all this, or I can think, boy, this is great. I've got 25 minutes here. And I keep that little pad right there. And uh, it's really great because I have written a whole bunch of creative things I never would have thought of otherwise. By the time I got to work, they would have been completely gone. That's brilliant. So, brilliant. Okay, another another great point, and I'll just have to tell you this is really important, is humor. Okay. you got to laugh. <laughs> there are several major stress relievers. A couple of them I won't deal with here, but if we talk about stress in detail sometime, it would be great. But one of those is humor. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a good gut laugh once in a while, then let me tell you, just get you back in shape. <laughs> take the stress <laughs> off. And that's way to stay on the cutting edge. One is to not take yourself so seriously that you never can back off right. a little bit. Which leads us to the next point, which is keep an outward focus. The best way to minimize your own problems is to support and be positive, encouraging others. And that's going to be your clients. It's going to be the people you work with and so on, too. You know, what you give, you're going to get. What you sow, you're going to reap. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this conference call today. 
Dr. Lackey has had a profound impact on my life, and I hope this information has a profound impact on yours. Some of the tips are so simple, yet so profound. I hope you apply it one at a time into your life. Life's hard by the yard, cinched by the inch. Just put them in place one at a time, one at a time. And over a long period of time, as you punch the hole in that Swiss cheese, you'll find yourself becoming more and more organized, more and more efficient, and more and more effective. One of the things I'm so thrilled about with this podcast is the fact that great, relevant content from the past comes back to life. I learned a lot today, and what a great reminder to not confuse busyness with productivity. It's not how much time you spend, but how you spend your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, so I'll keep my words to a meaningful minimum, as Dr. Alex Lackey would say, and throw it to Brian's mum, Therese, for a little Irish blessing. See you next time. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.